All right. So I've talked about her enough. Now I have her here with me. We've got Christy Tarleton, my partner in Canvas Supply Co. And the one behind all the beautiful things that you see out in the world with Canvas. I'm flattered. It's just so fun to work with you. (laughs) On the previous episode, I was talking to our listeners about how I got started in the cannabis industry and how I blame it all on my husband. And you have a very similar story. And I think it's why all the four of us really mesh so well, because like our upbringing and love and the plant is very similar. So let's dive in a little bit to how you met Will. Will's our other partner. Y'all will get to see these hot husbands that we keep talking about. We're going to bring them on. They're the daddy Or you can look them up on our website or our Instagram (laughs) because they really are hot. So how'd you meet Will? Well, sometimes I tell him, I'm sure I've told you this before, where I'm like, man, it's so great that you're like good looking because you could just drive me up a fucking (laughs) wall and I just still look at you and I'm like, okay, you're really hot. Like, it's it's good. good. It's It's fine. It's It's worth it. Yeah. (laughs) I love you, Will. Okay. The other thing that I find so wild, which we'll definitely get into because we, our relationship really correlated was the fact that we had that same kind of experience in Northern California, which I don't think a lot of people get that experience. Prior to meeting Will, I actually didn't know he had been in that space for quite some time. And it wasn't necessarily unveiled to me until later when mm-hmm. we were like really dating. Because so he kind of hid it from you he that he was it, in the cannabis industry. But I think that a lot of people do. And yeah. so when you meet people from that type of industry, there is a layer of maybe protection. There's a layer of discretion. Discretion. Yeah. And being really mindful about what you talk about and who you talk about because people really want to keep their identity secret for a multitude of reasons, not just legality. But when I met him, we actually were both farming, like actual farming. (laughs) I was in livestock, wildly enough, rustling cattle. Uh, Didn't you work like in the slaughterhouse? Okay, well, that's a whole other story. Okay. There was an amazing family that I met, the cherries that are here in Nashville that basically raised like all the meat for all the restaurants, Bear Creek Farm. And I was this little depressed, like 20 something <laughs> nugget coming from New York being like, I just want to beat myself into happiness and let me go just work. What's the hardest job I could think of possibly Slabbing doing? Animals. And it was working on a cattle farm. And so I just went full force into it. Yeah. Worked for this family. They owned a slaughterhouse. I was like becoming, I was on this path because like I loved food. I loved farming. And I was like, I'm going to be a butcher. And I was like, no one, like I'm really comfortable with animals. I love meat. I love the craft of meat. Yeah. And so I went on this entire journey. I ended up actually getting an apprenticeship up at Stone Barns Center for Agriculture, which is run by the Rockefeller family. It's like a research farm that does a lot of regenerative ag, some biodynamics, et cetera. So fell in love with Will because I was like, oh, you're this really attractive farmer. And we both worked at the same farm at some time, but he was like dating another girl. And I was like, oh, never have a boyfriend that hot. And one day I went to a climbing gym and I had a little too much to drink. Mm. And I walked up to him thinking like he knew who I was because I had seen him forever. And I waltzed up to him and I was like, oh my God, it's so good to see you. And he looked at me and he's like, who are you? And I just, (laughs) he played it cool. 
No, I went red and I was like, all right, cool. Like, I don't even remember what I said because I think I blacked out mentally when <laughs> he sure. said that to me. I also had a couple drinks with me, so that didn't help. Pint night. But he handed me his card. He had like a Tennessee grown card. Love it. And he handed me a card and he was like, you should come check on my farm sometime. Oh. I was like, yes, oh, that was I his, should. That was, you that was his check on my line. Farm. You but should was, come see my farm. Yes, it was his line. You can ride on my tractor. It took a long time to get on the tractor with Yeah, him. it was probably broken. But... We start hanging out every single day. And at some point I was like, hey, by the way, I just got this apprenticeship in New York. Bye. And he was like, I'm moving to New York City. And yeah. he was like, uh, what? And we had been hanging out solidly. It was like in a couple of weeks, I'm actually leaving you. And he was like, can I take you up there? Because he also wanted to see the farm too. I think yeah. that was a, some, that was a pretty really cool big monumental farm to work on. And from there, we kind of built our relationship long distance, which was perfect for us. Like I'd been going through stuff. I experienced a lot of depression in New York City, which is how I ended up like falling in love a lot with cannabis and it being a part of my healing as well as farming being a part of that journey too. Because I think farming for me is such a constructive part of my journey. Mm -hmm. And when he started to feel really comfortable with me and we started dating, I then got what was called in the family all access. Oh. And so the all access meant that I was able to go to California, go see there's a family farm. Mm -hmm. And when I went to Humboldt for the first time, I love nature. I love farming. And to see that community, to see the redwoods for the first time and to walk into what was the redwood curtain right. in the mountains was just like, I didn't know existence could yeah, that magical. So breathtaking. So breathtaking. Yeah. And then the people there have this just different type of energy. They're just yeah. like people who go against the grain. They know what's good. They're farming their food. They're mm -hmm. doing cannabis. They're making medicine for people. They're doing cool stuff just for like the benefit of humanity almost. Right. Because they wanted to see not just, yes, there is the illegal part of it. And you're like pushing things around, whatever people are getting access to it. But like there are so many growers out there and that's what you experienced. That's why I followed the farms that you were a part of because they had such a good story to tell yeah. talking about the generational farms that were out there too, because there's people from the seventies that lived out right. there and they grew just to make a living. And then to meet his family that was out there, the community that was there, just you'll, you'll never meet people like that yeah. anywhere else. So then we go back and forth from here to California and I actually fell in love with spending a lot of time out there, spent some time as a trimmer. A really shitty trimmer at the Oh, no. What was your per day pound? I don't remember. Really? I don't remember. Because I think I blocked a lot of that out of my head. Because I was like, I'm not a great. I'm trimmer. not great. Yeah. yeah. I want to yeah. do stuff I'm good at. You know what's really messed up? is actually the first year that I went trimming, like, pretty hardcore. And the most beautiful thing that happened was because our farm that we were on, it was like the, that last moment of, like, the actual authentic trim scene. Right. Where we had, like, a couple from Spain and a couple right. from Colombia and a couple from England. And we got yeah, super diverse, some amazing friends yeah. that year. And they were all traveling the world, somehow converged on this farm. We're like climbing through buckeye trees with them and like right. rolling down hills and Love just it. like having so much fun. Trim scenes are what they were called. And they were always, each one on each farm always had its unique biodiversity. Let's just call oh, it that. Totally. It's own <laughs> yeah. dynamic. It's own dynamics. Because I've been on some weird ones. Yeah. That first trim scene I was yeah. in with all those different groups of people from around the world, we were listening to a lot of Democracy Now! And this yeah. is when Standing Rock became a thing because 
nobody, none of the mainstream media were talking about Standing Rock, but I, right. we were like, Democracy Now! was going super hard into it. And they were like live. They were live. Yeah. And here I am trimming. And I'm like sitting for hours thinking about my existence. And I'm like, hell no. Oh, hell no. And this yeah. is when I finished work and I immediately went to Standing Rock with Will. Will was with you. Will was with me okay. the first time. Cool. And somehow I cannot believe he let me, but I just like left. I went by myself a cool. second time Yeah, for like... A month? Two months? Yeah. I can't even remember the time frame. But crazy shit happened in a trim scene because you just, like, you sit with yourself and you just think for hours. Yeah. I almost think it's, like, therapy. Oh, absolutely. Because you're forced to sit with yourself. Yes. And if you're fast, you make very good money. At least back then. I, I make good, yeah, yes. Yeah. I make good money. Yeah. I wasn't, maybe I wasn't that slow, but I was. Something will, tells me you were probably the fastest one at the table. No, I wasn't the fastest one because there were some like seniors. Oh, yeah. I was the freshman for sure. I was and like, don't fuck with the seniors flow. No. Like if, if they don't have like the temperature right and their chair right and like their scissors oh. and their tray and their snacks. Did you touch their scissors? <laughs> The Chikamasas. We should get sponsored by Chikamasa. Chikamasa should sponsor our podcast. <laughs> At least the Chikamasas are scissors. They're like really perfect scissors. Yeah. So you met Will. He eventually gives you all access to the family farm in California, which is so special to get to go see. Now you are in New York, back in Nashville. I was back in Nashville. I was not living in New York anymore. He actually coaxed me to move in with him because he had bought me a flock of sheep, which was like, I felt like a dowry. Yes. But this is where I found you (laughs) because when we were going back and forth from the farm in California to Nashville, we were part of that legacy farm. And we've been with a group of, you know, like a family that had been growing for quite some time, whatever. We were talking about branding it and how to brand it to something authentic that it like should be and could be. And so that's where I found Humboldt's Finest because I was just looking on the internet being like, all right, like I follow a lot of these farms because I absolutely love their story. And you still have this kind of like farm to table was my passion. Love people who cook food, work with chefs, work in farming, et cetera. And it it was was having its moment. It was having its moment and it was blowing up and it was such a great way to tell those farm stories. And so you knew me before I did. You knew well, me. Well, we realized that. Remember yeah. the other day and I was like, I'm going to make content about like where we were and then like wh- how it's going or how right. it started and how it's going because that story visually is like phenomenal to it's me. It's crazy. Because seeing where you've been and seeing where I've been to where we are now, it's like such a transition. I think we were at the same time on farms like on the same hill, just had never crossed paths before. And we were also... I almost certain we were also at the same kind of like not political groups but they were like community groups yeah that were meetings. all held at that sushi restaurant yep <laughs> <laughs> and so trying to get together that cannabis community because everyone was trying to work together to build it and you yeah. guys were literally the pioneers of it no with it felt the, like there was branding a yeah. wise branding wise there yeah. was you guys to me from an outsider's right. point of view coming from I didn't know a lot of people in Humboldt I only knew my little circle Right. The couple behind Humboldt's Finest was really full throttle on it at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. They also have been big in setting up terroir for cannabis. That was one of the biggest and coolest conversations I would, even when we went to the Emerald Cup. Right. I think I met those folks. Yep. Trying to talk about terroir. And I was like, yeah, it's like grapes. Okay. So you and I had crossed paths in a way, virtually, if none the least. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then... We actually got to cross paths in Nashville. Well, we crossed paths because you came to one of the TNHIA meetings. My husband and I were on the board of the TNHIA. And 
at that point, it was just a slew of like old time farmers. Right. And me and Will and a couple of other folks that you mentioned earlier were there and we were kind of in our late 20s, early 30s, something. So there was like a little crew holding it down for yeah. like the next generation. But when you have somebody new come into the room, you're just like, who's that? <laughs> Who is that? You came in. I thought she was going to be the farmer. You were going to be the city girl <laughs> that just like put the products together. And I was like, hmm, who's this? But it was good because we immediately met and mm-hmm. then we immediately had that chemistry. And it's yeah. like, the other thing that was so hard for me is like, yes, I have my I have my partners and you know, they're amazing. You don't get to meet a lot of people that are in the same industry as far as the experience we had in California. Right. Because I don't actually have that with my partners in the other industry. They come from other worlds of hemp, which is absolutely amazing and totally needed. But it was nice to have that kinship because your husband, my husband, we just like nerded out. It's just like a different, you know, you've lived a different life. I think the first time we had dinner, we stayed up to like three in the morning talking about restructured water. Yes. And we went down the biggest rabbit hole well, because we on restructuring <laughs> water. <laughs> Actually, yeah. that's how we made a business. That is how we made a business. Canvas is fueled by cannabis. All of my creativity <laughs> of is yeah. fueled by cannabis. That's the Which is always so funny when you like learn about these cannabis companies that have like struck it big and then the founder CEO is like I've never used it though and you're like <laughs> you're like <"Duh>, what, what? <laughs> okay you didn't put in your hard time right it's okay everyone has their own journey it just does seem interesting but even then I don't even feel like I've put in the legit hard time oh yes you have there's a lot of elders out there. Yes, there are. There are a lot Let's of elders. That hats I, off to hats the legacy off growers. To because absolutely. The legacy they are growers. really who paved the way. They took all the risk. They're why we're here. Yeah. And we're trying to steward their hard work. For sure. And yeah. make something legit. And that was what was so amazing about meeting you was that you just had this vision. It's really hard to find that vision. And I think a lot of people were really burnt out in the Tennessee hemp industry yeah. very fast because uh, it grew exponentially And there wasn't this mindset of longevity. Although people, I think, felt like there was a mindset for longevity. I think that because it blew up so fast, like certain pieces of the highway, you'd always mention like, we're building a highway, but certain pieces of the road weren't necessarily connecting. So like the truck was falling off. Oh, yeah. Really fast. Yeah, into huge potholes. Anyway, meeting you, there was a fire in your soul and you came with the right purpose. Because I think... What happened is I, a lot of people didn't, there are a lot of people in Tennessee that absolutely know what they're doing and they are definitely still thriving. But I think a lot of people didn't necessarily know what they were doing. So meeting you, I almost felt like I had a North Star because Mm -hmm. you had such clear vision, even though like things have changed so much in the scheme of things and where we've gone and where we've been. You just had this like bulldog tendency. <laughs> and I was like, you, I'm going to follow you into fire. Oh, wow. Into I'm not, fire. I think people like that know me call it whiskey throttle. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not that kind of person. We've taken all those little chart tests and yes. I'm like, I'm literally the supporter. I've known that I've was always going to be the supporter for something big. And I may make something big in the process. Like I know Something in my soul is like something big's gonna happen right. to us. Yeah. And you were the right person. Aww. I was like, this bitch is so crazy. <laughs> She's gonna make shit happen. And she We're making it happen. Pokes people like I've never <laughs> been poked before. <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> in a really good way. We've learned. Been, oh, we've, we've learned. learned. We've learned. Oh, that's like a whole 
please tune in for the episode on learning about leadership and communication, because that was the patience that everyone in our company had to have with each other as we learned how to become whatever we are right now. Yeah, it was, it's profound. I was just so grateful for the patience. Okay, well, we went down some rabbit holes, but I feel like the core is that you and Will met in a similar way. You got all access pass Mm -hmm. to the family farm. Mm -hmm. I stroll into a hemp growing meeting. I saw apparently looking like a city girl. (laughs) I saw the flame shooting out of your eyes and I was like, "Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is her. She's going for it. (laughs) And you wooed Um, those farmers. We love our farmers. We love our farmers. Bill Corbin. Oh, Bill, (laughs) you're the true OG. You're truly why we're here. I know. I think Bill Corbin's crop was in all of the first CBD product to go on the market. I mean, this man in Tennessee really his his crop was also all of the photos. All of the photos. All of the photo shoots. Yes. All right. So Christy and I have officially fallen in love with each other. Mm -hmm. We've Mm -hmm. convinced our husbands we're all going into business together. Mm -hmm. Well, it was one night that was just fueled by a lot of excitement. A lot of excitement. Well, we did a lot of drugs. Let's just (laughs) say it. Therapeutic drugs. Yes, thank you. Mind opening, heart opening drugs. And we had, oh, that was a moment. I think I was like going through, I felt like when I met you, I was like going through therapy and I was like super interested in yeah. those things. And you were like, here you go. And I just said Try like, this. take me there. I'll follow you anywhere. No, and we were like, all right, tonight we're meeting and we're talking about business. And you and Will must have stayed up all night the night before. And you put a deck together. And we didn't show up to our little meeting with a deck. And then y'all whip this deck out and throw it on the TV. And Will and you just start drilling down. And I'm like, what the fuck? All right, we're starting a company. Like, you know it, what? it was an oh shit moment. It was like, you had put so much structure to all the conversations that we had been having. And you like visualized it. And I remember looking at Pablo like, fuck, they made a deck. We didn't make a deck. <laughs> We Did came unprepared. one up to you. We came unprepared for. Why didn't she tell me she was making a deck? I don't. I like to keep you guessing. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, the next night I was like, "Well, I'm making my own deck." <laughs> but this is how I think Too it should be. Done. Didn't exist then because then I could have seen you making the deck. Oh, I know. Oh my gosh, we were making decks and probably like Google Slides. No, or something I think I was making decks in, in decks and in InDesign. Because then I was doing proposals and in InDesign. Right. Okay. So we had a deck. We was like, all right. I think at two in the morning at that point, we're celebrating. We're like, woo, we're going to go into business together. We had no fucking clue what was in front of us. No clue. The saying is absolutely true. If you knew what it took to start a business, you would never fucking start. We're excited. 2 a.m. Will's like, oh, by the way, I need to be at my farm at 5 a.m. And my tractor's broken. So we're going to plant two acres of hemp by hand. And you guys are coming. Because that field is one of the first certified organic hemp fields in Tennessee. And we're going to use the crop from it to make and do all these things that we just talked about. So we're all like, yeah, we don't need to sleep. We're just going to stay up until 5 (laughs) a.m. And then in the middle of the hottest day of Tennessee, go plant. I think I became a bug that day. We stopped at Dollar General and got high-vis hats. And we were just like, we're going to have so much fun with this. So much fun. And we just hunkered down. I think 
I shaved a few years off my life that day from the heat exhaustion. <laughs> bad. That was a and then wild we were day. like, "All right, Will, we've got two acres of fucking hemp planted by hand for this certified organic farm. How do we water in the plants? Because we thought, like, okay, at least maybe the water tractor or the water machine is working. No buckets. Then the rest was oh, what was... we are now. Yeah. Oh, it evolved. It evolved. Canvas has been so many businesses within itself to well, where I think it is because now. at first we had such a heart for the farmer we all yeah. came from agriculture that's kind of where me and will had come from originally that's where you and pablo had come from right so we wanted to support the up-and-coming hemp industry which right. we did we and we made amazing connections with like genetics mm-hmm. and all the inputs. grow products yeah. and inputs yes definitely in order to see the hemp industry thrive and as that world went on its own roller coaster of just like up and down, right. peak and crash, we had to evolve. And so yeah. since we were already an authority in growing hemp and knowing all these connections, we ultimately ended up into the CPG. Yeah. But Consumer packaged goods. Yes. Yes. Which I think is where you and I really started to have fun. Like growing oh. was fun. Growing was fun. It was fun. hard. It was fun. But I didn't. But it was more on the boys. It was like the boys were leading the show. It was. It, and yeah. I just still feel like even when we talk and I'm making marketing, like sometimes I feel like I have this like haze over me where I'm like, I don't really understand the agriculture. Like yeah. I understand animal. Like I can definitely do animals because like animal husbandry, whatever. I've been around animals my whole life. But like when it comes to the science of plants. Yeah. There's just so much to learn. And it was, it was a huge learning curve for me. Right. I think what's really funny too is a good reminder for anyone that's like, oh, plant science is so hard. It's the same as like our bodies usually. Totally. So it's been really cool. (laughs) Highly confusing. (laughs) confusing Bodies are super hard, but it's like the same. Like they really, they need the right kind of nutrients. They need the water at the right time. They need the right things. But if you give them all the right things, they prosper, flourish and produce fruit. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. Oh my God. And then 2020 happened. The crash pre-pandemic. Are you talking about crash. the hemp crash in 2019 or 20? Was that 2020? Was like, yeah. I feel like the, the big crash was the fall of 2019 rolling into like spring. You know, what's really funny is I was hella pregnant that whole yes, time. You got to kind of disappear for a little bit and I held it down for us. It was hell. <laughs> it, was, it was, what is that fucking show where they're like defending the ice wall? Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. It felt like. We were on the ice wall. Everything is like coming at us. Totally. But then the pandemic starts like creeping up and you're like, I don't think I have enough swords for this fight. And this is the first time I've ever run a business. She's out. You're like birthing a baby. We're trying to super respect your space and not tell y'all what's going on and not bother you. (laughs) And it's just like Pablo and I at the office like, oh my God, what? (laughs) How are we doing? We got deemed essential. And that was the biggest thing was we were able to stay open. And I think because they deemed CBD and like agriculture essential. But even before pandemic, our industry market crashed. crashed there was a oversupply under demand yeah so we had way too much hemp on the market so the price per pound was I mean you you could pay people to come pick it up like people weren't even willing to pay for it at right. some point right, right? Yes. so that happened pre-pandemic so here we are sitting in like an 18,000 square foot warehouse that's processing hemp every day. And we're like, this is no longer viable. No, it, it happened fast. Happened like overnight, mm-hmm. I feel like. Mm-hmm. We had an amazing financial partner, thank fucking God, who helped us sit down and look at the number. You probably don't even know some of these stories. I feel like I do. Okay. I was, 
Well, and some of that, that pivoting happened when I came back. Back, right. But the funniest thing was I remember when I came back because I had tried to make a brand on my own. Oh, well, you did great. (laughs) Having a baby in the pandemic was wild because you just kind of cut yourself off. Right. Because nobody could see each other. Right. And we would just get on, we just started using Slack, I think, or we were still using email at that point. Right. Like we hadn't really efficiently figured out how to run our business up until pre or post pandemic. Right. And I came back and it was like a whole other, like there were these people and I was like, who are all these people? Oh, we had hired And you had hired a bunch of people. They are the most amazing people who are still with us today, which is awesome. But it was wild because I was like, oh, this thing is running. Like I was so afraid. It was no longer like me, you, Pablo and Will on our couch. Totally. It was like an actual machine and people were running it for us. Yeah. And it was amazing to see. Yes. With us. us. Thank you. (laughs) With us. And it was amazing to see see it being like, okay, this is real. Yeah. If we can carry this through the pandemic, we're still here. It's three years later. After right. That. And so we started making shit. We started making shit. Yeah, that was fun. We started making That's it. when it got really fun. Our first, our favorite smokables. Yes. Pre-rolls. Pre-rolls. Two per tube. One for me, one for you. Yeah. And that was our whole thing. Like, you don't have to share your joint in the pandemic. In the pandemic, you, you can, you can have, yeah. you have your own. Have a little smoke session with your friends. I think I made like an Instagram post that was like, puff, puff, maybe not pass. Yeah. Yeah. It was That was it. <laughs> we made our first million on pre-rolls. We did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And we blitzed the market hard. We did. Yeah. And that's when all of, I feel like our previous experience really started coming in. Like, I was like, oh, I know national distribution. You do this, this, this. Right. Christy, give me a brand. Let's pick out dope ass packaging. Everything out there at the time was feeling very like gas station-y. Yes. We picked glass over plastic. Which I still love. Love. Sorry. And we did it. And I remember we took Pablo out of the garden, Will out of the garden. These men just really thrive in the garden. And we were like, you're now salespeople. And you need to call 200 people a day. Here's a list of stores. And you need to tell them about who we are and that we've got pre-rolls for them. (laughs) And they're the best damn pre-rolls you've ever had in your entire life, which they are. They are. But now that we have THCA. Yeah. Oh, well, yes, CBD versus (laughs) what we're allowed to do now. But so these boys, they did it. They got on the phone. I feel like half the people Pablo called couldn't understand them, but they still bought from them. And we started selling. Mm -hmm. And then you and I just really quickly were like, all right, we need to really start being intentional and start thinking about the next set of products we're going to put forward. Mm -hmm. And it feels like every six months, you and I sit down and we're like, all right, what does the market want? What do we want? So that if no one else buys it, we can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to our consumers. Let's go through our reviews. Like, what are we making? How can we make it the best that we can? Mm-hmm. And flower, we we went pre-rolls, flower, then Va- vape carts. Vape carts. Because Delta 8 started having a thing. Right. I think really when you look at the success of companies, mm-hmm. cannabis companies and this CBD companies at this time, mm-hmm. it's Delta 8 is what people that caught on to that trend that we're able to catch on to that trend is why they're here now maybe what is delta eight is that what we want to talk about we should okay because it's kind of what helps sustain the hemp industry yeah so can we give it that much credit absolutely okay delta eight completely bridged the gap 
between the hemp industry oversupply, Mm -hmm. under demand. It allowed the industry to create this consumption vehicle that was allowing us to run through a lot of that oversupply. And when I say run through the oversupply, I mean extractors were able to take this massive amount of biomass that had flooded the market, crashed the price, run through it and turn it into a product that the you know, greater part of America was in demand for, which was Delta-8, which is a molecule that the way that the law is written, since it's hemp-derived, it falls under the CBD category, but it actually is a THC molecule. So it does give you a psychoactive high. So for the first time in the CBD industry, we have a molecule that gets you high, which means we can sell it to you in a vape shop. We can ship it to you to your front door. The industry... I wouldn't say exploded, it sustained because it was really Mm -hmm. starting to hurt because a lot of people were turning to CBD, lots of confusion on what it would do. You know, CBD doesn't give you necessarily an exact feeling that you can pinpoint. Mm -hmm. So there would be, you know, lots of buy-in to CBD and like, oh, I can't feel it. Well, no, you're not going to feel it. It's just, it should be part of your vitamin. The Mm -hmm. same way you can't feel vitamin D, but you just feel better, maybe long-term. Yeah. Now we have Delta-8. So it's just a different molecule. It's one molecule different than Delta-9 THC. And the way that the law is currently interpreted, it allows us to play with it in the CBD space. And so this, coupled with the pandemic and vape stores and liquor stores being deemed essential, where the majority of this product was being sold in our alignment with launching a CPG brand, allowed us to flourish through the pandemic. Yeah. And we took it really intentionally. What's amazing is that we have this interpretation of the law that allows people to actually enjoy THC. Right. Although it is derived from hemp over what is deemed marijuana, even though they're the exact same plant. Right. We can basically get the plant to the people. Yep. And to it pro- anyone's store. It proved it. It proved it's what people want. It did. Yeah. Yes. And now not that have, anyone was questioning that that was what people want. A lot of people it really was like, no, this of, is what people want. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And it's then led the segue for the conversation about Delta 9 as well. Hemp derived Delta 9, right. which is what our best selling product is now. And yeah. it just dumbfounds me that we're able to provide people with it. Yes. Yes.